Welcome, everybody, to your least favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. (laughs) (laughs) What a start. (laughs) Behind the scenes is Harrison just said, I have reason for something we'll talk about later that I know we're going to piss off Anthony. Right before before my introduction. So, yes, it is my least favorite day of the week. Uh, It is Monday. It is a special edition of The Hook. As you can hear it, Aaron is back there. Harrison is back there. I'm here. I have no idea how this is going to go down, where this is going to go, who might get fired. Let's actually, we should put, we should place bets. Who's most likely to get fired over the course of the next like 45, 50 minutes? I would say Aaron, except I would for say I found Aaron out too. last week that you're a snitch. So I don't know what you're going to say about me on the air. So mm. we got to mm. put me as like the second mm. favorite. Mm. <laughs> Just making mm. up spurious lies about... <laughs> Harrison, who do you think has been defamed more recently, you or Jerry West? Me, easily. <laughs> I, hashtag I stand with Jerry. <laughs> the media don't, are all no, liars. Don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. That is not a hashtag you want to be responsible. Yeah, that's for. probably well, especially especially not at a funeral. Like you know, I don't. <laughs> well, he was sitting at that funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, today's show, we have two kind of central questions that we are going to try to get to at some point. We have to make fun of the Philadelphia 76ers. The Milwaukee Bucks just got their center back. He's just like, is good now. He's just, he's just ready to go. Um, and then we got to talk about winning time. Um, and, and, a, and a sex scene that nobody asked for. <laughs> Not a single person was like, I didn't hate I, it. <laughs> I have As the resident Jerry degenerate West. on this podcast network. I didn't hate it. I have seen Jerry West. I want to know what it looks like when he has sweaty sex. Like that's that's the new NBA logo right there. <laughs> HBO just gave it to him. <laughs> oh man, of sweat dripping. <laughs> it's just. I'm surprised he wasn't crying during it. All right, so let's um let's go ahead. And and the first two, the, the two that <laughs> wasn't sweat is what you're suggesting. <laughs> uh, the, the two central. L- qu- never mind. <laughs> oh my god, this has gone off the rails quickly. Uh, it's on schedule, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think we were to get much past two minutes. Yeah, I didn't think there were ever going to be rails. Neither did Jerry West. Yeah. Uh, today, so we got to talk about whether this season, because it appears LeBron hates this team as much, if not more than we all do. Hey, man, look, don't put me in this. Stop lumping us all. Not all You're of right. us take this as personally as you do, Anthony. It's a, the real question is, does LeBron hate this team more than you do? Correct. Ooh. Yeah. I think so. At that point, it becomes a dilemma, but I also think he probably does. Like, he has I, to. he has to play basketball with them every day. Yeah, like and you saw his reaction top, to those like, two rust jumpers. Like he still hasn't crossed half court. We're still waiting. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about whether this is going to affect the power structure now that uh, LeBron's uh, GMing skills are very much in, in question. Um, we have to talk about whether, you know, as a result of, of maybe a change in, in decision-making progress, and given where these other teams currently uh, sit compared to this Lakers team that is just in complete shambles, if the Lakers can do enough to catch up to other finals contenders in this upcoming offseason, 
Um, and then, like I said, we're going to make fun of the Phillies or the, the Philadelphia 76ers. We can make fun of the Phillies, too, if you want. The entire That's city of Philadelphia. Easy. Why not? It's too easy. Um, and then yeah, we're going to miss an Ellie after us again. We can we can get a new clip for the intro. <laughs> His name is Aaron. Hey, man. He's going back. Aaron Larsoul. <laughs> I suggest he leave me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> that brother better leave me be. His name is Irwin. <laughs> Anthony Irwin. <laughs> Uh, let's start though with that with that first question. So this season has gone about as poorly as I thought it could possibly go. I like I said heading into this year that my range of potential outcomes to the season was pretty wide. I had no idea how this was going to go. We are smack dab in the middle of the, <laughs> the worst case scenario. I'm glad uh, that you're admitting this now because you've spent the you've spent like half of the season saying that you knew this team was going to suck and you always knew they were going to suck. And I appreciate that now you're being more honest with our listeners and you're like they, about your flip flopping during the offseason. My flip flopping. No, I you guys talked me off the ledge. I sent Harrison. Oh, so and, this is our fault. No, I sent. Yeah, yeah. No. All right. Here's how the after the trade went down. Let's speak some truth. I had. How about, how about before the trade? Even let, let's. Well, well, well I, truth, I know. Let's I know. Really talk truth. Well, we we know. Aaron, you you try to tell us that it was coming one, and then you try to tell everybody with the Lakers that it was not a good idea. Two, um, we need to get a. We need to find a way to get you a little bit more power in the Lakers organization. <laughs> um, but so. I, as today's podcast will not be a step in that direction, I don't imagine. <laughs> so when the rust trade happened, I lost my freaking mind. I, I absolutely so you know, uh, I said I would have rather the Lakers traded for Ricky Rubio. I was still stand by that, even with the torn ACL. He was really um, good. Yeah, in retrospect, good. looks like a less of a bad take than it did in the moment. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Harrison, I watched Russell Westbrook play. Um, and then, so I, I freaked out, sent those tweets. First, sent you a message, Harrison, that I've been trying to find, and it won't let me scroll up high enough. I said, this is going to be a bleeping disaster on Twitter. Yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't pay for Slack. So, yeah. it's, uh, you know, after like 45 days or something, they delete. So I can't find that message, but I sent to you, this is going to be a bleeping disaster. And you said, no, calm down. It's not going to be that bad. And then the next day I hopped on, I on spaces. I couldn't find DMs, but I remember wait, exactly wait a second. No, the next yeah, day, the next I, day I after, after I sent that message to Harrison saying that this was going to be a bleeping disaster, I had a Twitter spaces that was devoted to talking me off of the ledge. And Aaron, you were on that Twitter spaces. You were talking mm -hmm. me in, trying to talk me into this move at, as, as it uh, went down in this roster, as it was constituted at that time. Um, and you guys did a good job of it. Unfortunately, I should have stood by my guns and just continue to maintain that this is going to be a bleeping disaster because guess what, guys? It's been a bleeping disaster. Okay, yeah, Aaron, so as you know, Anthony is always right. And the mm -hmm. only times he's ever wrong are when idiots like you and me talk him into, you know, being wrong and ch get changing his mind. I'm, so I I'm glad I'm glad we're all like on the same page. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> so I don't think that um I, I if I remember correctly um and see my uh insistence on not doing the trade to begin with once the trade was done I was trying to play devil's advocate and present a case why it could be okay but um 
there were ways in which it could have worked. And I believe I told you at the time, there are ways this can work that is going to require a lot of adjustment, shall we say, from Russ. It didn't. And there was no evidence to there was no evidence to suggest that any of that was coming. Yeah. Um, But also, that is why I tried the other day, I tried to look back in our Slack because Cooper came from my head about uh about Austin damn, everybody look, look at this this is worse than the lakers everybody oh, no, he's catching takes expose each other he's, he, on he's catching silver straight. screen and roll too he's catching straight hey. because he went at me he went at me again is why he's catching straight and so i went to look back i went to go search the slack to look back so i could uh screenshot it and provide him with evidence of his idiocy um, <laughs> and it, i couldn't go back far enough so yeah sorry so that's that, why I okay that, I, now i, I know up, why i set up the slack for fun and you know it is not yeah, I, I didn't pay for it so yeah it's funny if it was in the vox funny. media slack it would still be there but yeah it's in the you know okay, it's in the free it. one right, we're gonna start using the vox media slack for just harrison specifically so that <laughs> when i say so that you can go back you it's gonna be a fucking disaster and when it is one i can actually point back find it and say that yes it actually was but the truth the truth is um yeah lebron did look pretty frustrated after a couple of those rough shots and um we couldn't tell he wasn't on camera Aaron. <laughs> like, <laughs> no but no but you could see you could see oh i know before it panned over to the lakers defensive side of the ball where lebron still may not be um <laughs> you could yeah tell, they're, they're like, playing in the la today lebron has not left the suns arena he's still back on defense he's still uh, in the key just, just standing there he got a defensive three in the key in the lakers offensive key <laughs> <laughs> he did he did look the, the truth is the truth he did he did look pretty frustrated um the best was when they panned over to him in a timeout and he was like fiddling with his shoes and i know this move where kid does something a- 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 avery does something that is so annoying to me that i have to find something else to work on that i can't break very easily because if i get my hands on something that can possibly break that is breaking. That thing is not is not making it in the next fifteen minutes. So I I looked. I saw that look in 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 LeBron's <laughs> eyes, and that's what actually made me get to this. You know, the, this topic kind of um, it was like, hey, the season has gone really really poorly. He is directly linked to uh, wanting Russ traded. It's well reported at this point. That was something that he well, really he pushed the for. Russ trade, and then he wanted Russ traded within you know like- yes. Six yeah. months of each other, you know. You know, it's, kudos yeah, to LeBron for for acknowledging he, gotta, he made a mistake. You gotta get it right. He wanted the rust trade. Yeah. Uh huh. But yes, <laughs> two times over. Um. And and so, Aaron, I, I, you're the you're the more the most obvious person here to ask. Like, given the way that this season has played out, and given that we know that over the course of the year, Clutch and the Lakers weren't necessarily always on the same page whether it's to the various degrees that we have seen it reported over the season that can be, you know, talked about and discussed otherwise, but, but we know that there was some issue there and, and we know also that LeBron's tenure in, in, in LA is going to end at some point. And you have said that this is something that they've kind of sort of had conversations about like what it's going to look like when LeBron moves on. So will those steps, start to happen in this upcoming off season where maybe LeBron has a little bit less juice. If he wants a trade, like if he asks for another Russell Westbrook trade, will he be listened to as strictly 
as he was in this last uh, summer. Aaron, and before you answer this, yeah. I just want to say really quickly, you know, mm -hmm. when we when we had Pete on on these podcasts, we always gave him the like I I can be the Aaron translator, okay? Yes. Like like the Pete translator. So uh -huh. just if you need an out, just let me know and I will just translate whatever if you want to say something really benign i can just translate no so, so you know what, what you know what's interesting we'll just we'll just like have a hennessy is delicious washing over this entire episode <laughs> or actually in over everything i appear on in the, in the next whatever three months or so two i decided months. not to pour a cocktail i really regret it oh yeah i didn't make that mistake yeah um, well anthony you do have a work meeting in like like an hour and a half so yeah that would probably be a bad i meeting. have a work meeting at 7 30 tonight yeah but everyone knows you're a degenerate like yeah, you're, you're know, not you're not like, wrong you're anthony's wrong. still new at this job and trying to convince people he's responsible and they understand my prep they understand my preparation yeah oh <laughs> uh, hey you, so, you can't you can't argue with perfection okay you I, have a process well, and you stick to I do, it i do have a process i do have a process and um that process, the intensity of that process has kicked up over this season. <laughs> um, but I think everyone is understanding of why. So I will say Hennessy is delicious. The other thing I will say, and I appreciate you guys uh, offering to be an Aaron translator, but I have a, a, a friend that works in media um, that, is, uh, that is gay and not out. And this person always says that their IQ goes up like, 50 points whenever they're on the moment not outing themselves um on uh, publicly so i think my iq probably goes up a few points every time i have to be careful about what i'm going to say about the lakers in the moment mm -hmm. to answer your question i think um we've already if if the reports are accurate um that and i i, I will not speak to my specific knowledge of this but if the reports are accurate about lebron slash clutch pushing for a russ trade um with uh the john wall part with houston and what that would take in a first maybe and maybe swaps whatever um the lakers not deciding not to do that 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 is not in the best interest of the franchise i think would give you a at least a leaning that maybe he doesn't have that kind of say as much as he previously had presently. Do I think that LeBron is not going to be a voice this offseason? No, oh. he's going to be a voice. Do I think he is going to be one of the main voices? Yes, I think he is. Um, do I think the power structure is going to change? No, I don't think I don't think Rob is going anywhere. I don't think um I don't think Kurt and Linda are going anywhere, you know, with whatever decision making they have. Um Jeannie's not going anywhere. Is it possible somebody else could be brought in as another voice? Possibly, sure. But Vlade? no, I don't. Is it Vlade? <laughs> Aaron, did you close this deal? We saw him, you know. We I did saw see him. I did see. You I know, did see Vlade. Did this go better than the Darren Collison recruitment? Is Vlade coming out of retirement? You know what? As we said, as I said, the Darren Collison, it was the long play. Uh, you <laughs> okay, know, it was, so in two it years, Vlade's going to come and start at the center. long you know, play. But I will say. On a 10-day. I will say I got I they look Darren Collison signed. Yeah. It, it didn't happen to be then. So what you're saying is Vladdy on the way. You know, he's I did see Vladdy. I did not have any conversations with him, but I did I did in fact see him. Um yeah, he was he was at the game. Do I think that was the reason he was there? No, I do not. Um, but no, I don't I don't think the the power structure, the decision making um is going to be changing all that much. Um 
hopefully some some of the lessons from the struggles of this year can be can be learned and implemented but as it relates to the people no i don't think there's going to be much difference and i would also like to remind you that whatever 17 months ago this power structure got 17 the Lakers months ago anthony was on here arguing that rob palenka was snubbed for executive of the year by his hater fellow gm so and and like 20 not on here months... he was on the other podcast he used to host i'm not gonna and 24 so months ago he was in face paint out in front of staples center he, <laughs> he was on he was on my life show. is a roller yeah, coaster so if the power on structure changes anthony paint. should be put in charge that's what we with learned a, with you a know? pitchfork with a pitchfork and a torch <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be right back out there this <laughs> after this season to, to quote unquote, he had a sign up again. saying they're trying to steal our organization. They're silencing our voices. You know what, guys? We got to we got to start over. I think because he was, st he was storming the crypt. I got I got to go put on my face paint for this episode. <laughs> Your Harrison, like war paint. Harry, what would you What would you say is like a a like a fair expectation of fans when it comes to the power structure, or at least the explanation of it? Like because. Right now, it's like a bunch of people who it seems. Sorry, Aaron, you can you can you can mute me if you'd like, just so you have. <laughs> I assume that's how he gets through these shows. Yeah. So, as of now, it sounds like there's a lot of people who are in the room all at the same time, and and while, like you, Aaron, the word that you have used right is. Uh, what's the word that the yeah. collaborative thank collaborative, you thank you yeah. like it's a it's a very collaborative uh uh process which is which is good and fine right if if the people who are collaborating aren't kurt rambis and and so like my my concern here is like our fans or harrison do you think it's fair for fans to ask for a little bit more clarity on the process that goes into these into these decisions because Again, it just it sounds a lot like there's, you know, a central group of of people who have the final say, but it's kind of hard to see how we get from point A to point Z when that when that conversation takes place with that inner circle. Yeah, so I mean, I think what the Lakers need is after all this, like you're talking about the accountability and sort of like the voices in the room and whatever. Like, I think that what the Lakers need is a fall guy. And I think Aaron is a great candidate, you know, like it's. <laughs> this is here, the I last mean... triangle we're ever doing. Oh, no, I mean, no, I mean, look, it's not a bad suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think as far as like what fans have a right to know and the questions that they have a right to ask. I, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last week. I actually wrote about it last week uh, at Silver Screen and Roll, like when there was that report about Lakers employees and Aaron, you can like mute yours. You don't have to touch this. Lakers employees being even confused about what Linda Rambis's role is or how much power she has or things like that in the athletic. And, you know, I think on one hand, 
I am empathetic to Jeannie and the brain trust here because as Aaron correctly pointed out, like they won a championship 17 months ago. And also like in the case of Linda, especially so much, I think of the criticism is tinged at the very least in sexist language, even if it isn't necessarily coming from a place of sexism. And this is also someone that she's known for decades and decades who has been involved in title after title after title. Now, like obviously she was not the GM. We don't know exactly what she was doing with the Lakers, but she was like around the team for this success she Linda Rambis's presence and Kurt Rambis's presence are not like are not you know keeping the Lakers from success necessarily just them being involved like both of them have been involved in multiple Lakers titles and been around for them so you know did they have as much power as they had now we don't know and I think that is the question that is fair for fans to ask is about that power structure and about you know are there other candidates that should be louder voices in the room in some of these decisions? I think when you've had a season like this, fans are, are at the very least allowed to ask about that stuff, even if it's not necessarily fair to just be like, hey, everybody should just be fired when this same brain trust, again, just won a title. But I do think that, again, like people have the right to ask if the most qualified people in the room are giving input on the things that they are the most qualified to give input on. And, you know, you have like the, the, the younger bus brothers were just in like a different athletic story last week among like, you know, 40 up at 40 under 40 or whatever. 40. Yeah. They have done very well in the scouting department at running the G league team, things like that. Like, I think that, you know, I think fans are allowed to ask if they should have louder voices in this process and stuff like that. And they're most of all, they're allowed to want to know who is making what decisions instead of sort of what we've gotten this year, which is like nebulous finger pointing from everybody involved through anonymous sources. Okay. So I just want to, I want to touch one part of that. Excuse me. And so fans, and you guys are in some ways like voices of Anthony, more so you, like a voice of the fans, right? And and I do think I care about the. Fans. I, I think the fans might argue with that, but go ahead. <laughs> fans <laughs> are like, a oh voice, God. He's the voice we need a better voice. Like, he's voice. The he's very the a voice, not yeah. the voice. Yeah, yeah. fair, yeah. fair, right? Yes. <laughs> but so I think it is. I'm fair. a voice for the voiceless. I think it is fair. <laughs> you and Kyrie. <laughs> I think it is fair to ask those questions, but. And as it relates to Linda specifically, fans don't care about, well, I don't know, Anthony, maybe I'm speaking for your people. I don't know. But <laughs> What do you mean, I, you people? <laughs> I said your people. I didn't say you people. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is my supposition. Well, okay, I'll put myself in this position. There are teams that I root for. Um, and... As a fan of those teams, <laughs> the 49ers, for example, yeah, the Oakland that's A's. What I was coughing. Sorry, I the Oakland A's, the 49ers, whatever. Probably Cal the San Fo- Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks. Cal football is. The, Cal is there football, a basketball team up there? Uh, there, there is. There, there's two, in fact. The Warriors and the Kings. <laughs> oh, big Kings fan, Aaron Larson. Yeah, big Kings fan. Big and Kings the Berkeley guy. Bears. You know the the Golden. My Bears. California Golden Bears football team is, in all honesty, the thing I care about most on planet Earth. Uh, there are people I care about more, but the thing I care about most on planet Earth is Cal football. And so I understand in the hook. like in the hook. I understand fandom um, because I am one in certain areas. But I don't care about any of my teams. The only thing I care about is the on court product. So I'm as as I'm assuming Lakers fans, the frustration is with um the on-court product, the basketball decisions that are being made. I think that's fair to assume, yes. Mm -hmm. So what I don't understand is, are are there 
any Lakers fans that think that Linda is making basketball decisions? I don't think so. So who point cares? is we don't know. No, what does it, does anyone actually think that Linda is sitting in on like draft talk or trade meetings? No, come on. Well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure she offers a voice. The thing that for I would Kurt, say is right? that I would hesitate to ever rule no one is saying some, like any one thing. Yeah, that's you know? true. I, I think that there are people who maybe I, I'm sure that there are people who feel that way. Okay, based well, on that's my silliness. <laughs> that's silliness. So, it, like, her role—if her role is nebulous, but it is about the business stuff, or it is about special projects, which she is in charge of—that that's not bleeding into basketball. I don't get why any ire is like directed her way, because it's. She's not like in there saying, well, no, I think I think we draft this guy or I think we should trade for so and so or this guy's a better fit at four than this guy. That it seems like a silly argument. Kurt, for whatever you think of how well he's doing his job, has basketball credentials to be doing what he's doing. Right. He's he's had some struggles at different spots and different stops as a, as a coach, as a coach. He's had some struggles. But like, as a shadow GM, he's won a title. So it's, but it seems like <laughs> it seems silly to me to be like, I don't, I, well, unless people actually think that Linda is like making basketball decisions, it seems silly for me. And I don't want to tell fans how to fan. I don't believe in that. Right. But it seems silly to direct ire her way because we don't, in the article, like people that work there don't know what she does. Okay. But she, do you think she's making basketball decisions? If not, who cares? Well, for the people that work there, I think depending on what department they're in, I think that's maybe, uh, you know, uh, I think that's maybe something. The, the Lakers business yeah. isn't struggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, think, I don't know. I guess... <laughs> According to their ability to pay luxury taxes, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one point on that, that I, so I will concede to you that if Linda was in the room demanding that they like, play Dwight more and go big more or, or like saying that they should draft someone or make X free agent decision. Like we would have heard about that by now, if that was something that was happening, because there would like, we've seen this team will let us know if they feel like someone is making decisions. Anthony that they is going like. straight there, to the bottle, by the way. Yeah, there, are, there are people, there are people in this organization that will let the, let the fans know via the athletic or ESPN or these various media outlets. If they feel like someone is making a bad decision, we have seen it all year. And so I will concede to you that if Linda was doing those types of things, we would have heard it by now. I think where fans, you know, questions and criticisms come from is, you know, I think at least the legitimate ones or the ones that I would consider legitimate, they come from stuff like, you know, when you have breakdowns of the Lakers power structure, you know, Linda is added into that despite fans not really kind of knowing what she does or, you know, and so when you talk about like the Lakers power structure and someone is involved in that, I think there's like an assumed level of they are having, you know, at least like, I, I think most people on the outside are assuming that that is something to do with kind of the basketball team, the basketball product, organizational decisions, whether or not they're like directly, you know, I want free agent X or signing Y or draft pick, whatever. And so that's where I think that that comes from. Can we can we figure out if the Lakers can catch the other finals contenders this offseason now? <laughs> <laughs> Reading I think chat. I just won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll move on. I I just 
and it's not even this isn't even specifically about Linda, by the way. Like this is this is about the the clutch dynamic. I you know Jeff Perlman was on and he was saying and, and he hashed out how things worked when Dr. Jerry Buss was was in charge and his relationship with Jerry West mm-hmm. and and how that organizational structure worked. Good and, episode. You know, and, and I, you know, I, I think he made fair points in, in comparison how this is working and how that worked. And, and look, like you said, Aaron, they did win a championship two seasons ago. My only retort to that is they won that championship and then immediately sprinted in the opposite direction of the culture that won them that championship. For a brief second, I thought that you were going to say they won that championship in a bubble. And I was like, oh, no, Anthony's going full asterisk. He's, well, I mean, if yeah. we could, you know, I mean, we could talk about Anthony Davis's shooting since the bubble. Oh, right. No, we don't need to. You're going Mickey Mouse championship? You're saying I have a Mickey Mouse ring. Shot huh? in the same shooting environment. It's fine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, all right, we'll move on. Speaking Anthony of, of non-Mickey Mouse Anthony championships. Davis is back on the court shooting. Yeah, now he is. See, now we just brought it full circle. Okay. Yeah, if, he, if, if it was in Florida, that would be like an even better thing. <laughs> just anywhere in Florida. Yeah. Just anywhere just like on a, on a dirt from court the state somewhere. Of Florida. At some, at somebody's out in front of somebody's garage. He's just a big Disney head, obviously. Like he's secretly, he's like a bigger Disney fan than Brooke Lopez. I was going to say, that's how, there's was. another transition there. You must be yeah. a professional broadcaster, but we're not doing that now. <laughs> Um, the, the Lakers are, I would say pretty far behind the current <laughs> championship contenders by a lot. Okay. Like but that, well then, then if we're going to do this, who do you and think not just are last the night? Huh? <laughs> who do you think are the current night. contenders? We'd so get, current contenders, I think, you know, we, we talked about the, our five. So I think we arrived at six total, right? Whether it was Phoenix, Golden State, Philly, Brooklyn, Miami, and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. were the five out of order that I listed them yeah. there. Um, or the six that, that we that we mentioned on the hook previously. I think that picture still stands, stands about right. I think that's about um, right, yeah. You know, we'll see how Chicago looks now that Caruso is back, and we'll see what Milwaukee Shockingly, looks like. They, you know, they already figured out how to play defense again with him back. It's a great man, shot. I wish me. the Lakers could have had a point guard like Caruso. I would Alex also Caruso like to include Denver player of the in- year. You see, I'm going to filibuster here. I would also like to include Denver in the, depending on Next Murray year. and Porter. I would Next I think year, yeah. Included in the conversation. Yeah, I, I think after that, you have Denver, you have Dallas. Uh, I think Utah is probably going to head towards some version of a Stop rebuild it. or a retool. Stop it. Stop it. So we'll see what that looks like. When Utah loses in the first round, like 4-1 this year, again. I said next year. For, I said they're going to they're going to rebuild. They're going to move either Gobert or Mitchell, and and we'll see what what those guys net for that it will team. Not, it will it well, will not be Mitchell. Danny Ainge has to acquire some draft picks to then hold on to and not use in trades. Trader so, Dan. Trader know, Dan. At some yeah. point, he's got to restock the asset chest so that every journalist can like you know breathlessly tweet about the amazing war chest Danny Ainge has acquired. So. Aaron, from a league standpoint, yes. go bear for Russ. I think we just fixed both teams' problems, you know? I I don't think he did. <laughs> AD doesn't have to play center, you know? It's everybody wins. Gobert has been a monster in the playoffs. So that yeah, definitely. So is Russ. Um so <laughs> Russ might not even make the playoffs, Aaron. Um so the Lakers, as it stands right now, are Leaps and bounds behind, I think, the competition. They have uh, limited assets heading into this upcoming offseason. And I'm curious if you think that the Lakers can 
have an offseason that gets them legitimately back into that type of contention? That type of contention, yes. Do I think there's an offseason where the Lakers go back to being a favorite or a co-favorite or a prohibitive favorite? Um, that yeah. I'm that I'm less optimistic about, right? But going into the year, who was the prohibitive favorite? Brooklyn. They're the, I think, whether they're the eighth seed now in the East. Mm -hmm. um, so these things change pretty quickly. And like, this is a broken record kind of thing. And yes, Anthony Davis seems to be banged up a lot, but... Seems to. Seems to be banged up a lot. But if you have LeBron James and LeBron, one thing LeBron has has proven this year is, you know, his, his defensive effort... Russ. <laughs> his defensive <laughs> he's effort. a bucket despite what all the haters that said he couldn't score say you know he is um he got so angry about all the comments <laughs> the comments about him not being one of the all-time great scorers he just stopped doing the other stuff he stopped yeah. playing defense yeah lebron showed us he has a bag he's just not <laughs> no look see how good i am there's a fair conversation about lebron's defensive effort for a lot of this year but there is yeah. also a fair conversation to ask like is it fair to expect that kind of defensive effort from a guy in his 19th year no. who is also all of the <laughs> offense basically no no probably not now i think it's fair to say i don't need you to be the all-world defender anymore but you do have to be on the the 47 feet of the floor that is your defensive end for defensive possessions yeah. i think that's fair um and you be awake but having lebron and lebron has has shown that like wherever you think he is in his career, he is still uh, one of the best handful of players in the world. And so that as a starting point with Anthony Davis can get you pretty close to that conversation. If the rest of the moves are not, if the rest of the moves go better than they did from the previous off season. So do I think there is a, there is like an obvious thing where the Lakers are the favorites going into next year? Probably not. But is there something that I think that gets them in the conversation with, you know, those teams? Chris Paul is a million years old. Uh, the Suns absolutely have it humming now, but who knows? Um, I think the Warriors will probably uh, will probably be better next year. You know, more time with Clay, um, depending on Draymond's health. But another year of Wiseman development and Kaminga and Moody. So as it relates to the West. I think the best case scenario and like, who knows Memphis is Memphis is, is ascending also. Didn't even mention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're a championship contender, but they're damn good. And they're might really be next young. year. So and like, I mean, as we've seen with an injury, you know, all of a sudden, right. You know, sometimes the path opens up. Like, so, yeah. so could just like for Phoenix, I don't, I don't think the Lakers, AD said, so I don't think the Lakers are going to be the favorites going into next year, but I think there is a path that gets them in the conversation with the contenders. How different does the math become, Harrison, if, like, you know, Aaron makes a completely valid point that the Lakers can't rely on LeBron to be their best defensive player. Can they rely on him to be their second best, third best? Like, and how different does that change? Like, how different does that make what the Lakers are capable of if they have to now build a defensive roster, if they have to now take more defense into account uh, than they have had to the last few seasons. You mean they need more wing defense than just Trevor Ariza? Do you think it? Do you think that math on that decision, like, what do you think was more damaging to the Lakers' chances this year—the Russell Westbrook trade or the notion that like they just didn't need any wing defense? <laughs> 
Well, to be fair to the Lakers, you know, obviously the 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 decision that really hurts there is Caruso walking. Like none probably could have get like you know, I know I've heard like mixed things on his defense, but there seems to be some level of consensus that he would have been better than some of their options that they've had out there at the very least as a defense. Like now again, he's not like a six seven wing, so he's not exactly what you're talking about. But those guys like also don't really exist on like the minimum market, which is once the Lakers Precisely. like Russo walk, that's all they had to work with. And so some of this is a little bit of like, okay, then show me who you would have signed, you know, to fix that specific issue. Obviously there are many issues with this roster and many things that have gone wrong, but as far as the wing defense goes, like it's hard for me to ding them too hard on that just because you know, they didn't have a lot of options. Like we know they wanted Otto Porter, like that was out there and reported he chose the Warriors. And Mm -hmm. so when you're looking kind of up and down the minimum market, like that's just a tougher thing to add on the minimum, you know? And that's all they really had because they were up against after the rust trade, because they were up against the cap and all that stuff. So there's not like a lot they could have done there, but again, you know, I'm sort of with Aaron uh, in the sense of you can't necessarily expect LeBron to be your best or second best or whatever defender at 37 when he has this level of asks offensively. Um, But I think in the playoffs, you can expect more from him. And they were probably, it, it seems to me that the vision for this roster was be, you know, passable on defense if we can get there and really go all in on offense because that's easier to find on the minimum and we will try and outscore teams to get through the regular season and then with LeBron and AD we have this kind of defensive upside that we can go to in the playoffs when those guys are really able to lock in every single night with a couple days rest between games things like that like that seems like it was the goal obviously that has not worked out and the offense has ironically been in a lot of ways like worse than the defense uh, for much of this year and so again everything went wrong but I also like I uh, as far as like the wing defense thing I'm just not sure you know how they realistically could have fixed that beyond paying Caruso and even then like he's not fixing all of these holes He's not a wing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad that you touched on the offense, Harrison, because that's that's another part of, like, the organizational structure. Like, for a long time, it seemed to me like the Lakers brought on a defensive head coach in Frank Vogel and said, you're in charge of the defense. And they basically put LeBron in charge of the offense. Didn't really bring in, um, you know, somebody known for X's and O's to their staff. They, that, that was, that was a... a, a course that they charted and they have stuck with it through the LeBron James experience uh, experience and I you know that's another one that you know as as LeBron ages a little bit and as defenses evolve and as the Lakers uh you know as as he physically isn't able to lift up offenses in the way that he could a few years ago like Aaron, does it make sense to maybe move away from that strategy and and bring in somebody who, or is LeBron at the, we saw this with Russ, right? It was a hope that Russ would be more open to changing and, and, and being more open to adapting to what the Lakers needed from him. The Lakers might need LeBron to seed some of that strategic offensive approach. Um, but that might not be something that he's very inclined to do. So, like, is that is that something that you've heard that the Lakers might be considering in in, in approach to this upcoming season? Where I think so far all year it's been clear they've operated at a disadvantage when it comes to the way that they execute and the things that they try to execute on offense. And it's fine if LeBron is going God mode, but asking LeBron to go God mode like that with your offense as consistently as the Lakers need him to 
seems like a flawed approach. So a couple things. Let me go back to the defense because Harrison mentioned something. Um, I think that one miscalculation that the team made this offseason. DeAndre Jordan. With, <laughs> when leaning I mean, that's into, one. <laughs> I, I said, I didn't say the yeah, only. He didn't I say said, all of them. He said one. <laughs> Look, there aren't. I think the Lakers, I, 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 the Russ trade, and not the Russ trade specifically because of Russ, but the Russ trade when you are committing those resources to three guys forces you this is what super teams are the lakers results haven't been a super team but the super team thing is when you have this many guys making this amount of money it forces you we see that you saw this with the warriors you saw this with miami the heatles you are forced into one year deals and you have to turn the roster over over and over and over and over with minimum guys i think the lakers did a reasonable job at finding minimum guys a lot of them haven't worked baysmore hasn't worked Wayne Ellington hasn't worked. DeAndre Jordan hasn't worked. But your 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 hit rate on those is going to be low. There's a reason these guys are minimum guys, right? Mm -hmm. Monk has been great on the minimum. Melo has been great on the minimum. But I think that the, the miscalculation was feeling like Frank Vogel is an elite, not the feeling that Frank Vogel is an elite defensive coach because he is, but feeling like when you have an elite defensive coach, and you have among the best defenders in the league in Anthony Davis and among the most versatile defenders in the league, Anthony Davis, and then have LeBron when he's engaged, that that is enough to have a very good or great defense. And it hasn't been largely because Anthony Davis has not been healthy. LeBron hasn't been healthy and LeBron's effort has waxed and waned on defense. He, he was to be as fair as possible to LeBron. Like I, I thought early on in the season, he was very engaged on that end and was Especially like, when he went to the five. And, yeah, exactly. Like there have been yeah. moments where LeBron has been locked in, but you know, like you said, you can't so, expect that from him every night. So then, so, so the question is about the offense and like a change in approach in offense. And it is easier to find, I don't know if it's easier to find offense on, on the minimum, but you're only going to find one way guys. You're not going to find yeah. guys that can do that are two way guys. And even if they are specialists, defensive specialists or offensive specialists, you're still probably not going to get the peak level from whatever they do every night. That's why they're minimum guys. So because the Lakers roster is what it is, unless you can trade Russ for a bunch of pieces, it's going to be bargain bin minimum shopping again. The question will be how much of those guys are more defensive guys, how much of those guys are offensive guys is a fair question. As it relates to LeBron's role, Two things. One, there is nobody in the history of planet Earth that I would rather have making those decisions. Figuring out when it, LeBron is obvious, he's going to finish with the most points ever. He is right now leading the NBA in scoring. So he has shown he can still be a scorer. He is also one of the best passers and has the highest IQ of anybody in the history of planet Earth. So I think it is... I think LeBron will be able to modulate that role and fit, get in where he fit. Two years ago, he's going to lead, well, he may lead the NBA in scoring this year. Two years ago or two seasons ago, he led the NBA in assists. And I think LeBron is still at that level where he can do that. So as it relates to, you know, you made the comparison to Russ, like there was no evidence that he was going to switch role. I think there is evidence that LeBron is more malleable and willing to kind of get in where he fits in. And there's evidence um, that he wants to. He keeps wanting also, to chase also the true. Card to take the ball out of his hands. Also <laughs> true. But I would just, there is nobody I would But that's a little different though, right? Like you're bringing decision. on, 
that's a little different entrusting a coach versus entrusting a star to take the ball out of his hands. Yeah. But LeBron has said at times, I mean, like part of the Russ stuff and part of the Dennis Schroeder stuff last year was LeBron indicating that at least he was okay with not having the ball in his hands. I have pushed back against that because my point is when you have limited resources, it's a salary cap league. Every team has limited resources. I don't know that I want to put that big of a percentage into a resource where I don't want that person to do that thing in the playoffs. Cause in the playoffs mm-hmm. and when games matter, I want LeBron LeBron with the ball. I want yeah. him making those decisions. So I don't want to spend a bunch of money for somebody that needs the ball in their hands in and like in the, in the regular season there, that's what they're going to do to take miles off of LeBron because when LeBron cares and when the games matter, LeBron's going to go get the ball because he's the best in the world at it. He's the best, he's the best ever at it. And so will, will LeBron be willing to change his role next year? Yeah, I think he probably will. No, it's going to depend on who he has around him. Because and who LeBron that coach is, by the way, like, that that fair, coach and that fair. that coach's ability to to send that message and get that message across to LeBron is is going to be really important. Quick breaking Kirk's news here: uh, mentioning you know? Aaron's favorite teams, uh, the Atlanta Braves are acquiring Matt Olson from your Oakland A's. I hate everything. Hey, Kirk Cousins just signed a fucking extension yesterday. I hate so everything, but this probably People means Freddie Freeman. Me. To just like watch your meltdown on that it was great it was really <laughs> yeah that was that, yeah i did I, yeah. yeah i think i did that um i um you guys should have seen me in my house it was a good thing i wasn't on twitter i hate everything this matt probably chapman means freddie freeman to the dodgers soon. though matt chapman will get traded soon too but his market Ooh, is dodgers need a third baseman Justin yeah Turner's but he, they'll role. probably wait until until the season to till the trade deadline because he his uh his value is probably pretty low right now mm-hmm Sean Manaya will get traded next. Chris Bassett just got traded to the Mets. It's can being we have an Frankie fan, Montez being an back? Ace fan is an exercise in misery. Can can I have Frank Frankie Montez back? Sure. Montas? Sure. Do you have any like reasonable Aaron? The solution to hold your team accountable, you just need to get Anthony to podcast about them, and he'll talk about how they need to spend more money and how they're. But he doesn't care about the A's. He has to do. Yeah, but he'll shame them into it. Yeah, he'll. I mean, I care for money. If there's one thing I care about, it's the fans, Aaron. I I care about fans everywhere except Boston. Are you going? Do you have? I mean, you already have the yellow face paint. Do you have any green face paint? And can you paint the pitchforks and show up at the O. Co. (laughs) Coliseum? Anthony's going to do a false flag protest for the ace. Like what? Oh God. Sorry, Aaron. Um, everything. He's so good. Harrison on a scale of one to on a scale of one to you're fully bought into it. How confident would you be in LeBron making that specific change and entrusting the offense to a coach, not to a star, but to a coach? I think it depends on the coach. (laughs) <laughs> Ty Lue. You yeah, know, I've heard luck. the Lakers had a chance at him once upon a time. <laughs> Is your source his birthday cake? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's going to depend on... What happens if my internet goes out? What if he... It, had he cut open the cake and found an extra year on his contract, would he be the Lakers coach right now? Maybe. Yeah, that's it. He forgot to cut it open. He forgot there was to cut open the cake. contract in there for four years. <laughs> it burned with the candles on accident, and then now we're here. You know, right. I, I think it, w- it would depend on the coach. And I don't even... 
I don't even want to spec. Like, I don't know who the coaching candidates that are going to be available this offseason are or who they're going to target or whatever. And so, like, I don't, I'm not like at a, you know, whatever the highest scale on that scale is where you said, like, I'm totally bought in. Like, I'm not at a 10 or whatever that is. But I, I do think that LeBron has shown us that he, like, he wants to give up control of the offense to some degree. So I don't, I don't even think that that's, like, really going to be that hard of a sell as long as they have guys that he can talk himself into. But that's sort of the more bigger question is, like, by midseason, is it like it was with Russ this year, with Dennis last year, where it's like, oh, like, I, I don't want to handle the ball as much. Oh, wait, actually, these guys kind of suck. So <laughs> Or, or even if me. they don't suck, like, Russ has sucked. Like, even, even if they don't outright suck, it's like, what you're never going to find is like, a point guard decisions than I do now. I, you know, I need to take on the ball and it's like, you know, yeah. Well, right. But, but that, that's exactly it though. Harrison is like they, even if the player doesn't outright suck, you're never going to find a player that LeBron trusts as much as he trusts himself. Nor, nor do you I want mean, nor a player. Should, nor should you. Yeah. Which is, right. Nor should no, be. nor would you ever That's want my that point. player. I don't yeah. think spending resources on, despite what LeBron may vacillate about. Because eventually he he's not, he's going to take it over too. As yeah, he should. So I, think, yeah. I think we honestly may have just stumbled onto a solution. You know, Anthony, what's an offense where you don't need a pure point guard making all of the decisions? And who in the is Lakers the organization? No. Who in the no, Lakers organization maybe has some experience running Flat that a. kind of offense? And you know, teaching superstars to trust in the offense. I think we, I think the Lakers got to bring back Phil. You know, Man, I think it's. I was going to say, time. is there a Kirk Cousins joke in here? No, maybe? it's it's Phil, it's Phil Jackson triangle, baby. You know, we're we're I back. Think that would. I think Phil Jackson being hired as the head coach would finally get LeBron to ask for a trade. <laughs> That'd be it. No, it's Phil's going to coach home games. Kurt's going to coach road games. You know, yeah. Phil doesn't have to travel with the team. I think Lade the GM. Bring Phil, Magic Phil, back. Phil, Why not? Phil consults on road games via Zoom at halftime. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, may, hold on. You know what? Maybe Jerry West is back involved more than I think because he also apparently has a distaste for six nine point guards so <laughs> maybe uh, maybe jerry no, west I, is a voice in all of this I, I mean i think the solution is to try and sort of this is always like a graphic analogy but like split the baby uh to a degree you know not like anthony tried to do with his child on the tread and like letting her like hurt herself on a treadmill but like you know kind of meet in the middle somewhere basically encouraging her to yeah try out the treadmill. i mean look, nobody man. look Nobody's been on the Anthony's a bad parent train for longer than me. So find me, um, find me a better method of parenting than the the fuck around and find out method. Yeah, like it's it's tried and true. But uh, find, come come back next week for when Anthony lets Avery find out not to touch the stove. Um, you know, can Our we? Stove, I mean, we've yeah. been adding we've been adding shows here at the uh, Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. Can we have like like another Anthony's ten minute show from you, corner. Anthony's parenting <laughs> advice, like every day? Yeah. Lakers lowdown is one and. Anthony's parenting tip. You guys I mean, are getting Aaron, like, we're gonna need ideas for the off season that is coming in like a month. So APT, one Lakers lowdown a week may just be Anthony's like what I learned about parenting this week that we can apply to the Lakers. Um, but no, I, I think the, to take it back just real quick, I, I think yeah. the solution with this is to sort of like find guy like I think they may have to like slow the pace down, like find guys that can at least like bring the ball up, get the ball to LeBron in the half court, let him make some decisions, you know, get Anthony Davis to commit to playing the five 
drive so that you still have sort of like enough enough athleticism enough spacing there around him with some of those smaller lineups and uh yeah I mean I just don't know that there's like a great answer for how do you keep LeBron super involved in the offense when he doesn't want to play point guard the whole time but also is going to when it matters and like uh, yeah I don't know like to answer your question or I guess not answer it no I mean like like I think you're I think what you started with saying was absolutely right and it just depends on the coach it depends on who that coach is and and the relationship that he has with that coach and I think think roster more than the coach well Yes, I mean, and no. I think both to some degree, but yeah, well, absolutely. Look, both. the Lakers I are a freaking mess lean, right now. <laughs> I honestly would also lean more towards the roster just because, like, we've seen how LeBron thinks about basketball. Like, he doesn't value coaches like as much as he values his teammates, nor really should he. You know, like those until guys he gets out- a lesser coach than the one he had previously. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, even I, know how to touch that, but like, <laughs> I, I think, you know. LeBron it, it, LeBron is a guy who values who his teammates are more than he values who his coach is. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that we've seen throughout his that's career. That's how players so, operate. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that's how most stars operate. So if they can find guys that he trusts to take on that burden, then, you know, and, and like, take a step back, but that aren't taking up so much of the cap, maybe, that you can still sort of find some of those other more supplementary pieces for when LeBron decides to retake over the offense in the playoffs or when games matter, then I think that is sort of your answer. But again like that's going to be a tough like you know that's going to be a tough kind of bridge to build you know that's a tough needle to thread yep yeah it's it's going to be an interesting one because this upcoming offseason not only is it going to be to try to you know make an effort and to getting back into the conversation that we just had but it also is going to try to bridge the gap to the post lebron era and and try to get the Lakers on in, in a place where fans can more comfortably prepare for what the Lakers look like after LeBron leaves. So it's it's all, all around it's going to be fascinating. What has also been fascinating has been the, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, honeymoon ending like as they arrived at the hotel. James Harden activated playoff mode. They, yeah. got, they got out of the Uber and they realized, oh, wait, we hate each other. This is a giant mistake. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but they do not. It, it, the fit, while it looked great the first couple of games, the fit has not looked so great. And James Harden, as Harrison mentioned, looks like he's activated playoff mode. I saw someone is, call him small game James, which is the <laughs> most hilarious nickname. <laughs> Perfection. It's yeah, so he was like three of, you know, 13 from three. It, I thought in the first half, he was like... I thought he was going for the Tony Snell just, and he needs the cardio. Yeah. So I thought he was just getting, I just need to find out. So we have big game, James, we have small game, James. I need like medium game, James. Like who Mm. is, who's medium game, James, James, James Posey, who also has, there you go. That's, that's a good answer. Who also was not put his, looked like he's been eating good. The the Celtics had their thing the other day. It was nice to see Antoine Walker still at his old playing shape though. Like it was, We just need to do this. We just need to slander every Eastern Conference team for the rest of this episode. I'm with this. Let's get it. Uh, yeah, it turns out that uh, Harden remains an incredibly flawed player who it's really easy to play him out of a game. Like we, Aaron, you and I talked about this specifically in the last hook, right? Now, it happened like 72 hours ago. But like Harden's brain 
wiring can't it it seems like he can't grasp not getting those calls like he he legitimately just completely goes haywire mentally to the point where he just starts doing some of the dumbest stuff you've ever seen on a basketball court it's sort of like he knows no other way all grift anymore and he like loses his mind at the refs he's like how are you not counting that as in the act of shooting when i like was intentionally fouled and launched from 75 feet it's like right it's been it's also been i mean yes although harden has been shooting a bunch of free throws and Embiid has been shooting Embiid shot like 20 free throws in the first half over the weekend um insane but it's been it's been a lot more like they're not gonna guard james Harden just isn't gonna guard um so they're they're they are going to be flawed defensively lebron Um, thinks he's playing really hard uh uh-huh but it is also on offense has been a lot more like your turn, my turn. And they're trying to stagger and beat and harden to avoid that. But when they stagger them. Yeah. You still Maxie need to be at your best when those two guys are on yeah. the court. Yeah. It's been, it's been a little bit too much and they've got, a, they've got whatever, a month or so to figure it out, but I'm not, I don't see this ending well. Um, and they may have a very tough first round matchup. And if it's Boston, Philly in the first round, I'm not picking Philly. Yeah, Boston has enough length and switchability that I, I don't know how you run pick and roll against them, and that's how James Harden operates. So we'll see. Let's 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 go on to winning time, and we got to get to a story time from Harrison oh. on how he apparently broke his or hurt his finger. So, well, we'll, Aaron, we'll... I don't know. I mean, I guess you listen to the show, so we know you know that we do our uh, misfortune of the week. Yeah, and yeah, since yeah. We're not doing the Lakers lounge this week. I I, I have a pretty good one. This Come week. on with it. Yeah. All right, well, we so winning, winning time, time though. Winning time. I thought winning time's second episode was significantly better. Yeah, it turns out if you have a good director, the show is even the show that's like really well cast <laughs> and well written and based on amazing source material is even better. The part that I the, the, that I just couldn't quite Jonah like, Hill wrap my... of the year campaign as like as director. Like that was that was great. I, I actually like my mouth fell open when I saw Jonah Hill directed the the second episode. I thought it was good though, and and um you know I I. It's still wild to me how much pushback there is in support of Jerry West. Like, like I'm still waiting. I think the only person I've really heard say, yeah, he was an asshole. Assholedness, like like that, that that runs rampant throughout professional sports and competition at that level. And like that's a part of his personality, and it's a part that he's fought with. And this is how this is how they're trying to portray that. But like no, like like everybody else is just like breathlessly I, saying. I thought it was much more nuanced in episode two. As yeah, well. like in terms of showing that torturedness and sort of the more quiet moments of it, and like the interaction with his wife and like how she was talking about, I can't go on this roller coaster. Like I thought that they were. It was a more restrained and probably closer to accurate portrayal of how he act. Like I think they got closer to the real person in this episode. I, I thought it was really important that they showed that he acknowledges his own. Mm-hmm. up and downedness yeah. like the the roller like i think that's really important with, with with mental health is the acknowledgement that like yeah i'm also i i am aware that i am flawed and i'm aware of the impact that that has on everybody else around me and it was actually kind of a crushing line when he says to his wife like this is a good time we got to enjoy one of the good times and i was like fuck yeah i've, I've heard that from myself before I've heard like that, that from was... my internal monologue. Yeah, right. Aaron, what did you enjoy about the, the second episode of Winning Time? 
Um, they portrayed the Jeannie really well, I thought. Like, I, I, I like the, the relationship that she's developing with uh, Claire Rothman. Uh, you know what? If I, I just think, I think the show is just plain good. Um, yeah. I thought it was, this one was less fun um, than the first one, but I think it's just good. Um, I enjoyed the kind of back and forth of Dr. Bus and... and Red saying, no, I was going to say the guy from Boston, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you got to bleep that out. We don't mention that. We don't mention that name around. But yes, uh, Red and, and Dr. Buss. I thought that was really interesting and like compelling and the like power dynamic at play there, especially for Dr. Buss, a guy that's used to getting his way and, mm -hmm. you know, has has compared to normal people, all the money in the world but was still seen as kind of the newbie and a, a small fish and got kind of bullied. And then towards the end of it, that like dynamic changed and you could see the, you can see where it comes from like the, okay, this isn't just for fun anymore. Now I'm serious about this. Um, yeah. Came from, I thought that, I thought that was really uh, compelling and I, I actually enjoyed more so than the the first episode. Although I think the casting uh, for the guy that played Isaiah someday, the guy that plays Magic is Quincy very Isaiah. well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy I who really, plays Magic's dad is tremendous. I really he's enjoyed. So good. He's I good really enjoyed. Everything. I forget his name, but like everything I've ever seen him in, he's great. Yeah. I thought I thought the like the Magic storyline from from episode two were, were were also pretty compelling. It's just it's it's really well done. It's 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 good and it it goes through a as as good art does it gives you a wide array of emotions so i i just yeah i think it's good and i i really enjoyed this episode it feels like it also feels like each episode kind of feels like a movie which is um it's just good <laughs> like i keep coming back to that but it's just damn good how did that guy who is with cookie currently not fight magic <laughs> Like I appreciated that they showed, like that they did not try to make it like oh this guy's like gonna, they're gonna go back and forth. It's like no, Magic is an NBA player and he would absolutely <laughs> destroy any random you know. Yeah, and like, he was also though, the dude Brian. I think it was was also yeah. Even tiny. though like you know shoe salesman like did play in the NBA at that point, that guy clearly was not NBA bound. You know, like I'm still waiting for Magic to dribble with his left hand in reality. But so, I thought, um, yeah, I I thought Magic uh, never dribbled with his left hand in his life. It was he hasn't funny. had to. In uh, it, it was funny in episode one. I was like, "Wait, why is Magic like so upset about this show?" Where he's like saying, "Oh, I'm not gonna watch it." And then I watched episode two. And I'm like, "Oh, that's why." Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, I get it now. Speaking of juxtaposition, I I I was also like, I, I was struck by how it he plays you know like a little pickup game kind of one on one and gets punked by Norm Nixon in the first episode, and in the second episode he turns that onto somebody else. There's a yeah. little bit of like pick on someone your own size there, but yeah, I thought I thought that like the juxtaposition of those two very different pickup experiences from Magic was was interesting. I'm I'm also like I to to bring it back to to Doctor Bus like I, I also really liked because I thought like one of the things that I was kind of rolling my eyes at with the discourse about Jerry West was like, hey guys, Jerry Bus is one of the most brilliant people in the history of american business like this guy is a fuck he's a genius and Especially they just like made american him... like sports business yeah like, like in terms the... Of the amount of innovations that happened under him with the lakers yeah and i thought i thought that like 
I, and, and, you know, somewhat rightfully so, like you, you want, you, it's just like with Jerry West, like you want to show him at his most cartoonish. So you see the transformation. And I thought the second episode was really important to remind everybody, oh yeah, he was that dude. And when he goes toe to toe with, with, uh, the, the guy from Boston who Thank shall you. remain unnamed, Thank you. um, when he goes toe to toe with him there and he's staring him down and he's like, no, I'm going to rip your heart out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And then he, and he walks into his office and he screams at everybody. We are focusing on winning every single game. You know, part of me cried a little bit because I wish the Lakers would go back to that. But then like part of <laughs> that was a different NBA brother. They need yeah, somebody no, to I come know. in and stand on Linda's desk and give that same speech again. You know, oh, I kind of unofficial, unofficial, uh, you know, introduction to Linda Rambis like she, well, she, was she in that first episode we, we talked about that well more official more yeah. official uh because we actually heard her name but yeah but uh but I I just thought it was really important you know to show with with Jerry Buss like yeah that this vision came from somewhere and had they not shown like ep the transformation from episode one to episode two it would have felt like he just kind of stumbled into it which he didn't like he knew exactly what he was doing and why he wanted to do it. And I'm glad that the guy from Boston is kind of the ignition to this flame. It's, it's really kind of, I, it, even if, and by the way, the scene at the forum obviously never happened. I don't know if the, the dinner might have happened. I, I don't think it so did. What's funny is if any of that happened, none of it was mentioned in the book. So like yeah. they either made this up or they did some separate research or whatever. But I think that they had to kind of find a way narratively to build up this rivalry really quickly. And I think that mm -hmm. this was like a totally fine and defensible yeah. way to do it. Like you can at the very least imagine based on everything that we know about these two men, that that's probably how interactions with them would have gone. Even oh, if for they sure. Didn't happen. And they needed a way to establish that like Lakers-Celtics rivalry. What I thought was funny was like so the owners meeting thing they set this up in this episode as this thing that he has to go oh it's his first owners meeting as an owner and like maybe that's sort of how it went but actually in the book like the he what actually sort of the order of things is that jack kent cook actually had to go to this owners meeting and convince the owners to let jerry buss into the league uh, because mm. they were against it because of his the appreciation for younger women and the way that Ooh. he dressed uh, very non-casually. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the, the, that's how it works. The other owners have to ra yeah. uh, ratify, approve. Yeah, mm. yeah, approve a, a future owner. Yeah. And so I appreciated that they at least had like the David Stern, like, oh yeah, he didn't vote for you. Like a uh, moment in there just to show that like, this was not greenlit immediately and types of things. And then they use that to kind of show the tension and build up this rivalry between them and the Celtics. I, I thought I, that even if it wasn't, wholly accurate i thought that it was a good way for people who are not diehard lakers fans or diehard basketball fans to kind of get caught up on this rivalry and the way that those two teams saw each other at the time yeah <laughs> I, I i enjoyed the uh the guy from Boston doing the, like, basically you fuck this up, not trading, not, not selling off pieces to me because this is my decade mm -hmm. and Dr. Bus going like, I'm going to beat your ass this year and next year and every year. And then it actually happened. And it well, Lakers Dr. won more Bus, than Boston, but that's but the, yes, but the funny part is in the way it goes is uh, uh, spoiler alert: the Lakers win the title, <laughs> but it's not against Boston. Well, yeah. also the Lakers, make it there. the Lakers won the next one and the next one and the next one, and Boston has won what like two since that point, three since when? Since since well, Bus, since Doctor Bus team? has been in the league, right? They've won they got three total titles. Yeah. Okay. So Larry Bird won two, right? Yeah. So yeah. then they have three. Yeah, they got three total uh, after right. the uh, this guy's going to get me my next 11. It's like, oh, well, how about drafting the guy that beat him?
I oh, thought that was a such great a good line. line. That was so Is good. Right? Such did a they, good fucking line. Did, did Boston only have two in the 80s? Is that right? I think so. I thought they maybe had three in the 80s, but maybe not. Either way, the Lakers have won a lot more. The Lakers have been much that far more successful. Yes. yes. Yes, yeah, but it was, it was right, really so like, the, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm it's competing like the, the Lakers. You. It's like well, how much this did year, the Lakers we'll lose by yesterday? First. It's like when we're talking about blowouts, like how much did the Lakers lose by yesterday? It was around 30. Like it doesn't matter the all, exact all number. Of them. You know, oh, right, all of but them. like Boston, Boston has gotten blown out to a degree. It's a, you know, one here or there. It doesn't really matter. You know, yeah, it is it is 17-17. Yeah. All right. Uh, Harrison, why don't you give us uh, the story on how you hurt your finger? Uh, so I am not allowed to have anything good happen to me in basketball without a corresponding negative event. I think mm. that I have discovered, you know, this season. So, you know, as, 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 you know, you guys, you guys saw over the weekend, Anthony, you're a Cal state Fullerton alum, Aaron, you pay attention to a lot of basketball, you know, the best I... team in Southern California is going to March madness for the first time since, uh, since 2018. And okay. They get Duke in the first round. And to do that, they had to win a hard-fought Big West Tournament Championship, Cal State Fullerton. So as I'm sitting down to watch this game, Cal State Fullerton versus Long Beach, again, they won. Uh, final lockdown defensive possession. Long Beach did not even get a shot off. And then, you know, now the Titans are on their way to upset Coach K and end his career. But uh, – do. God, that oh, so would be great. so good. I, only, I, 18, I, only 18 point dogs. Please do. But yeah, you know, hey, look, there have been bigger upsets, I'm sure, in sports history. You didn't listen to the uh, you didn't listen to the playback of uh, the pressure, pressure cooker, cooker last night, Harrison. But but Aaron has an offer for you. Oh, I do. is he like what? I what do. am I? What's my offer? Your offer is because uh, Anthony is going to be in Vegas, mm -hmm. and uh, you guys are, are are both rooting for the same team. Both both fans of the same team. If your team, and he will be there throughout the weekend, if your team upsets Duke, I will buy you a first class ticket from Los Angeles or Orange County, if you want, to Vegas to go watch the game Sunday with him. Oh, I, I mean, I appreciate that, but I'm not going to Vegas with Anthony during a <laughs> pandemic. Um... <laughs> what if it wasn't a pandemic? Well, it is. <laughs> right, no, but it, it, it still is. If it, was, if if it wasn't, I, I you still yes, wouldn't. I, you just I, wanted I some excuse it. that it's no. Not, I, I you wanted an addendum to I'm not going to Vegas, Vegas with Anthony. Anthony many times. It's fun for a day or so. Uh, you know, I'm a little nervous for like having not been to Vegas in years to now jump right in and be there for four days. I'm a, yeah. So, I, but anyway, so I was sitting time. down to watch this game, and like you know, like I'm I'm excited. I, you know, my team's got a March Madness berth on the line. I go to open up my recliner, and you know how like they have like the hinges or whatever on the side that you use to pull it open, and uh, you know, on, like a reclining couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the little pull mm -hmm. thing on the side. So mm -hmm. I go to pull that handle, and part of it snaps off and ripped off a chunk of my middle finger with it. And so uh, as I was watching this game and celebrating, I have like a bandage on my finger because I ripped off like a chunk of my middle finger on on a like part Ooh. of the couch that I didn't even know could break off. Like it's not even like it didn't break the couch. It just broke off a chunk of the plastic handle and it didn't break the couch. It just broke you. Yeah. I yeah, get too excited. The couch, you know, you yeah, went full I'd, Hulk. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. And like, I'm like, there's like blood all over the place. I'm like, I'm still, you know, still excited Hulk. about my team, but my hand hurts. And, and then now it's like, I'm trying to type with a bandaid on like the part that actually hits the keyboard and it's messing me up. And you know, this is, did yeah. you, did you be, did you bleed purple and gold or orange and blue? 
I, it was, it's definitely orange and blue lately, Anthony. I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Go Titans. Yeah. Tusk, I don't, baby. If, if, oh, God. If, if there I just one... want to be in the – I don't even have, like, any, like, great hatred for Coach K or whatever. Like, he, it's a, I don't follow college basketball enough to, like, hate him with a passion or anything. But, like, I, I just want the Titans to be in the history books, you know? Like, I just want everybody – when they slander Coach K for the rest of time to mention that he lost his last game to Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> you know what that, you know why I need that? Well, he is going to wind up losing his last game. I just don't know if it's going to be to Cal State Fullerton. I, I need it. Oh, that would be delicious. EJ and young Shaq, he's, he's ready to take it to him. Almost as delicious as the dude that, uh, what is today? Today's Monday. On Saturday, bought the commemorative football, but the Agnac, oh. the actual football of Tom Brady's last so touchdown pass for 518 grand. And then the next day Brady comes back. I need that. I need that kind we of We need to find out if Brady just like actually executed like a scam. Like, did he sell that football? Are we like, did he, is that insider? So he can do it again. He sells it and he knows he's yeah. not retiring. Yes. He's got to be behind this. Just Hashtag so he can do lock it again. him up. <laughs> Check his emails. Yeah. All right, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't even, like. Is it on the on the inside of the finger or on the outside of the finger? Hershey? It's uh, it's on like the outside of the finger right here. So yeah, uh. you know, not fun. I like at first I was like, oh, I thought I just like scratched it or something or whatever, but no, it like ripped off a chunk of the. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have a scar here. Like, <laughs> it like cool. when I put the peroxide on it, it burns, which usually means that like it's you know fairly deep. It's not a great sign. Yeah. Does it smell like almonds? Because that's that's not great. No, I mean I've kept it clean, but mm. yeah. It's, what do you uh... mean? Does it smell like almonds? Yeah, isn't that isn't that like one of the signs of like a like a, a really bad infection? I think it's almonds. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know that. Know. I mean his I don't, I don't his know. wife's a doctor, Aaron, so he'd know. But... Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I don't listen to her though. Is the issue? So clearly, it might be cashews. I, oh, she I... didn't. She didn't tell you to put your daughter on the treadmill and turn it on and let her fall and hit her face. Look, could be pistachios. I, I'm not, I'm not one to point the finger, but that's Jen's treadmill. Wait, are you not? <laughs> like you guys, you guys can see it's what like I look when the like. Lakers point the finger. Nobody's pointing a finger, but LeBron wanted the Westbrook trade. <laughs> you're not pointing. A, you're not one to point fingers. So he's like, me? I'm not pointing a finger, but Jen bought the treadmill. Yeah. And 72% of your career has been made on pointing fingers. <laughs> 72% feels low. <laughs> Anthony was like during the title celebration. He's like, "Yeah, but you know the process of signing Rondo. I just don't know if I agree with. Yeah, it wasn't fair to expect him to go off. Stand by that. So I don't know. Asterisk on the yeah. bubble shooting. What what has Rondo done yeah. since the uh, since the bubble? Doesn't matter. Playoff Rondo lives forever. <laughs> it's not playoff Rondo's fault that Kawhi couldn't handle criticism. You know, <laughs> if Fullerton could take playoff Rondo to wherever they're playing against Duke. And I assume it's in Duke's gym. <laughs> I assume it's in North Coach Carolina. Coach gets to his menu for, like his, uh, for the farewell yeah, I assume, I assume yeah. it's, it's in the South Cameron Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's not far. If if Fullerton could get playoff Rondo, could they beat Duke? I mean, he's an NBA player, so yeah. like Duke's got some NBA players. <laughs> not currently. I mean... Well, is, yeah. is Rondo currently an NBA player? How dare you? He's been better than you think in Cleveland. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's been pretty good. Cleveland's well, a good use this version of Rondo. It turns out like when you when you have more than one wing, you, you it makes you able to do a few things elsewhere on your roster. It's the craziest concept. I just, who knows? <laughs> you mean playing them with Russ wasn't? I'm I'm I'm, I'm legit gonna be on my deathbed mumbling about the decisions that were made leading up to this season. Uh, like the that's how they're gonna six be months a, from now. Avery's so, gonna be like, like Dad. Yeah. 
they're saying you're gonna go soon. Is there anything you want to say to me? And he's like, Yeah, they should have paid Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck luxury taxes. <sighs> yeah, that's gonna be yours and Bill Simmons's owner. Uh, like last words are like, billionaires should pay for their own fucking stadiums. Yeah. We're both right. All right, yeah. that's going to do it for this episode of The Hook, the special triangle edition of The Hook. We'll find out who is the closest to getting fired after those conversations. Until the next time we do one of these, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Harrison Fagan, and that was Aaron Larsoul. We'll talk to you guys next time.